Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Going Greyhounds on this Tuesday morning. Big week across the, the nation, particularly the, the eastern states. Uh, over the weekend, we saw heats of the, the Silver Chief uh, at the Meadows. We also here locally in New South Wales saw heats of the Group 1 Dapto Megastar last Thursday. Uh, the final will be this Thursday night. And we also saw some heats of the, the Newcastle Cup as well. But the feature in New South Wales was the heats of the, the Group 1 Dapto Megastar at Dapto last Thursday. And one of the more impressive heat winners was Yuko Girl. And we'll be joined by her owner, Nick Delaroche, after this replay of her win there last Thursday. And they're racing now. Beginning fast, box six, Yuko Girl carves over, leads it early from Bluegrass to second. Falcon Fly moved up third, and Punders Bandits weave through, getting up on the rail now. They're followed Light and Lily, Black Chili well back, and last is How Good down the back straight. And it's Yuko Girl, she leads it by five. On Falcon Fly, Punters Bandit had to check off heels. Then Black Chili up to the home turn. It's Yuko Girl, she's doing it well, a big leader. Punters Bandit's flashing home, but Yuko Girl all the way, big Punters Bandit. Third Falcon Fly, fourth Black Chili. They're followed then by How Good Light and Lily. Bluegrass at the tail. Yeah, that was Yuko Girl taking out her heat of the, the Dapto Megastar last Thursday at Dapto. We're joined by her owner now, Nick Delaroche. Good morning to you, Nick. How are you, matey? Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Firstly, big congratulations on, on Yuko Girl being able to qualify for another big feature final. She's been in a few. She's yet to win one. Uh, well done. Yes, no, she's had a great year. I think this is her ninth uh, group final, so um, she's given us a great thrill. So, uh, yeah, we're very excited to be in another one. And just touching on her win last week, she was pretty dominant, nailed the start, speared across, led, and was pretty much all over at the first corner there on, on Thursday night. You must have been pretty thrilled, I would have thought, being able to sit back and watch what she did there last week. Yes, I was especially thrilled last week. I was actually on my golf weekend, so I had all the boys uh, surrounding me, so it was extra pressure. So to see her to do that was um, was fantastic. Oh, I could just imagine the scenes uh, after she dashed <laughs> to the front and sped away down the back. I'm sure the boys would have been up and about. How did she hit them? Uh, I was going well till the last day, then terrible. Luckily, yeah, just snuck out of last place at the end. But uh, no, they're always a good weekend, them, them weekends. Yeah, absolutely they are. Now, you, you just touched on, on Yuko Girl. She's made nine feature finals this year. She, unfortunately, hasn't been able to, to win one of them. She's not going to get a better chance than on Thursday night. She's got a perfect draw. That's probably been one of the things, I suppose, for her. She hasn't always drawn uh, the best in these big races. So to have got box one when the box draw was done there on Thursday night, it it must have made you pretty excited, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. They uh, the red box in these group races are um, worth their weight in gold. Um, the last time she had box one, I think it was in the Goulburn Cup heats, and she nearly uh, equaled the track record to the first peg. So um, yeah, if she can flush it like she can sometimes, um, yeah, she'll put herself right in there at the end. Yeah, my word. And and I'm sure you've looked at the, the race uh, in depth. Who would you consider your main dangers uh, there on Thursday? Yeah, I have. I think oh, there's a few. Um, I think the two, four, two, four, and an eight, I think. Um, 
yeah, even Coast Model out wide, I think she's um, she's right in in it as well. Um, but yeah, any one of them could win in these heat heat and final series. They all got through. They all deserve it. The opportunities. So either one of them. And what would it mean if, if she was able to get that elusive Group One victory? Oh, look, it'd be a big monkey off the back. I tell you. <laughs> you get more anxious the more she's in, and she doesn't she doesn't get across the line. And um, even a lot of people now sort of send text messages. Messages. Hopefully, this is the one. But uh, it would mean a lot. Sam's done a great job um, with her. Just a. Just how he's um, raced her all year. She's we've stood up to racing um, in in top level, uh, week in week out all year. She's been so consistent. But to finish off the year with a Group One, uh, yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, my word, it would be. And and going forward past this week, what are the the plans with with her? I, I know there's some some nice races in the upcoming weeks. The Christmas cheer um, at. Well, the Christmas sprint at Wentworth Park, that might might just come up a little bit too soon, but then a race like the Paws of Thunder uh, early next year, I'm sure that's high on her agenda, yeah? Yep, yep, I'm sure Sam's looking at I think Gosford's got the cup coming up, and um, she's made both the, the uh, Million Dollar Chase regional finals there. She won one, um, well, her first look there, she went 29-14. She dove that track, so you might even head there, but I sort of do leave it up to Sam. Don't get involved too much. Yeah, well, there's plenty of options in the the next few months, uh, particularly yep. with a greyhound like her. She's she's very very underrated, as you mentioned. She makes a lot of these finals, and she won't get a better chance than on Thursday to to score her first feature win. And at Group One level, would be pretty special for you guys. So good luck with with Yuko Girl there on on Thursday night at Dapto. Not much appreciated, bud. There's Nick Delarose, the owner of Yuko Girl, who will who will start one of the favourites in the Group 1 Dapto Megastar on Thursday night at Dapto. We'll head for a quick break. On the other side, we'll chat with Mick Hardman, who was able to qualify Zipping Neutron and Zipping Whiskey into the Newcastle Cup. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Away. Corporate Magic was about midfield away. Zipping Neutron from the inside won the start, being challenged by Stagger Out Lean. Into the first corner they go. It's Zipping Neutron and Stagger Out Lee leveled up together. Corborn Magic is just in behind the speed, followed by Ziggy Stardust and Gunner Do Grace. A lap left to go, and Zipping Neutron leads by two lengths. To the good of Corborn Magic, getting into it now. In third position is uh, Stagger Out Lee. Then came Ziggy Stardust, and last of all is Gunner Do Grace. Down the back, and Corborn Magic found the front. Shot clear leads by two now from Zipping Neutron. Up to 30, Stagger Out Lee, then separation to the others. They turn for home. Corborn Magic leads the way. Trying again is Stagger Out Lee. Corborn Magic getting tired, and Corborn Magic holds on. Corborn Magic beats home Stagger Out Lee and Zooping Neutron, followed by Ziggy Stardust and Gunner Do Grace was last of all. The time around 41 and 60. Yeah, arguably the, the two number one staying greyhounds in the, the not only New South Wales, but the country fighting out that race, Stagger Out Lee and Corborn Magic. Corborn Magic prevailed, but back in third, Zipping Neutron, terrific performance by him. And we're joined by his trainer now, Mick Hardman. Good morning to you, Mick. Yeah, Matt, how are you, bud? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Firstly, big congratulations to qualifying not only Zipping Neutron, but also Zipping Whiskey through the Newcastle Cup final this week. You must have been pleased with both of their performances. Yeah, I thought um, Neutron ran a terrific race. He's only just turned two. Um, and like you just said, the probably the two best days in the land 
just just sort of got him coming past his 600, so and he stuck on. So yeah, terrific run. Now your kennel over the past six months has it's had a real changing of the guard. A few of your old warriors that you had, who, they've they've sort of retired, and you've got this new bunch of greyhounds coming through. Just talk us through this this litter, the SH Avatar Zipping Abbey litter, because there's some promising stays in amongst them. These two Neutron and Whiskey, right at the top of that, right at the top of that tree, aren't they? Yeah, well, well, Whiskey's definitely the fastest. He's um, probably got, you know, three or four lengths on Neutron, one out. Um, just racing probably poorly at the moment, doing a few things wrong in the field. But I think um, with a bit more racing, he will definitely click. Um, Neutron's probably, um, you know, not as fast, but he's a good good race dog, um, fair beginner. Um, doesn't matter if it was on the inside or the outside. And, and he's pretty strong, you see. On uh, Friday night, the dogs went past him over near the 600 and he sort of stuck on, so terrific run. I actually just sold Patch um, this week. He actually went to um, South Australia, so um, I've only got Neutron and Whiskey left. We'll keep an eye on him over there in in South Australia. The, I guess, the, the, as you touched on, the, the at the moment, zipping Neutron, particularly now that they've got up to this staying distance, is, he's really taken to that. He's... he's Probably just showing a bit more early pace and a bit more um, field sense, I suppose. Whereas zipping whiskey, he's just getting out the back and and doing his best work late. Do you think that's just uh, an immaturity thing? He, like he's only had the I think twelve starts. He's won four wins. Do you think over the next sort of three to four months, the more staying racing he does do, uh, the better he'll get? Yeah, he he certainly in the last probably three or four runs, he's got he's gotten to a trait where he wants to get to the outside real quick. Uh, early on, he was taking runs on the inside, but at the moment, for whatever reason, he's just switching to the outside. Um, so hopefully now they're just starting to spread out a bit more in the distance races, you'll you'll duck back the inside and start taking runs. And what sort of level do you feel like they can get to in the, the next six to 12 months, as you touched on, they've only just turned two. So they're still quite young from a, from a staying standpoint. I guess that gives you some excitement heading towards the future. Yeah, well, that before they race 700 at Wentworth um, Park, I'll give them 650 slips. Um, and they will run home 1220s from, from the, the 650 there. So I've got no doubt they'll be breaking 42 um, in the future um, with a bit more racing, probably another 10 starts or so. So I think they'll get down to 418s and 417s probably in the next six months or so. Yeah, well, that's certainly very exciting. I guess with the the recent retirement of Super Estrella, it's it's left the door ajar for a, a new staying star here in in New South Wales. And if both of them can get down around forty one seven, forty one eight, it's it's going to put them right at the the top of the tree. I would have thought, but yeah, they're on the the right track, and I'm sure they'll be very competitive uh, in the Newcastle Cup this Friday. Zipping Whiskey, uh, I think he's he's drawn box three and Zipping Neutrons. Just drawn out a little, but the draw might not be too bad because Cornball Magic's on his inside and Silver Luck, who will roll forward, uh, is on his outside. So might give him a nice run forward there. How did you see the race unfolding there on, on Friday? Yeah, I wanted uh, Neutron drawn out wide, but I, I most certainly wanted Silver Luck drawn on the inside of him because um, he sort of good beginner and cuts to the, cuts to the fence. So um, we'll see what happens there, but... Would have been ideal if he was on the inside. Um, and Whiskey, it didn't really matter where he drew. Um, 
I just hope he comes out on Friday night. If he comes out, he'll be in the race for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will. He's got a he's got a big finish, and it's only going to get bigger as he gets more mature and uh, stronger at the staying distance. Well, good luck, firstly, on Friday, but then more importantly with the next six months coming up with both Neutron and Whiskey. They're going to be major players across all the, the staying races uh, in the next six to 12 months, I'm sure of that. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. There's Mick Hardman who prepares Zipping Neutron and Zipping Whiskey into the Newcastle Cup this, uh, this Friday, a couple of uh, staying stars on the rise. We'll head for a short break on the other side. We'll chat with Russell Veach, who will get to call his first Wentworth Park meeting tomorrow night. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds. Hello and welcome back to Going Greyhounds. So the next guest this morning is a voice that listeners of Sky Sports Radio would have heard for 20 to 25 years doing the coordinating job of an afternoon, but the last 12 months they've heard him as the voice of Richmond, and tomorrow night he will get to call his first ever Wentworth Park meeting, and it's a, a boyhood dream of his. Russell Veach, good morning. Good morning to you, Matt, and good morning all. Nice to be on your program. No, no problem. How are the how are the nerves? Uh, some what are we thirty six hours away from from Wenny Park tomorrow night? Well, I thought the purpose of the phone call was for you to give me a few uh, some advice and a few tips for tomorrow night, but. Uh, We'll go with it. Uh, look, I think you, you have to have those nerves, don't you? And you need to channel them properly. And that's uh, something I've uh, had a few issues with over the last uh, couple of decades. But uh, hopefully tomorrow night we can get it all together for the big 11 race card. And yeah, you just touched on 11 race program. There is some, some sprint racing, which we don't see all too often at, at Wentworth Park. But uh, with a sprint race coming up on the Christmas program in a week and a half's time, there's four heats of the... The sprint race, so um, that'll that'll definitely test you another little uh, added string to the bow. What's the what's the part of calling tomorrow night that that most excites you? Is it the I guess the the aura around Wentworth Park, and also to have get to call in the same places like the greats like uh, PA and, and Timmy Newbold uh, have have called at in in recent years. Well, for the where the greyhounds, for the stars, race under the stars at uh, Wentworth Park, and to be in the broadcast tower alongside some of the greats that have been there over the years, including uh, obviously uh, Paul Ambrosetti, the greatest of them all, and Timmy Newbold, and just being able to to watch so many. I, you know, I think I've watched mo- more greyhound racing than probably anyone else in Australia, to tell you the truth. The amount of greyhounds I cover each and every day on our Sky Sports Radio and uh, formerly 2KY, of course. But uh, to listen to Paul Ambrosetti and Tim Newbold and now yourself, uh, Matt, and uh, really get involved and enjoy the Greyhound Racing calls, and whether it be a maiden uh, over the shorts or the 520s or indeed uh, some of the greatest of them all, the Tap Million Dollar Chase and the, the Golden Easter Eggs and the like, it's it's just a, an absolute excitement and it's a thrill to be a part of it. And I can't wait to be in that broadcast tower uh, under those lights. And obviously completely different to Richmond, uh, a lot uh, more lofty uh, heights uh, than uh, the Richmond Tower. But uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And uh, first time in 25 years I've, I've been there, actually, due to work commitments and like. But uh, last time I went there to uh, meet up with uh, Paul Ambrosoli, uh, Matt Hill was with me on that occasion, uh, practising. So that uh, certainly suggests how long ago it was. Yeah, well, I'll give you the tip. I don't think it would have changed too much in 
in that time. Now, race calling has, has always been a, a dream of yours. It took a long time before you were given an opportunity. Just tell our listeners what it means to you to, to be able to broadcast races. Well, uh, I started out when I was 14. I met Kelly Rourke and I uh, went up to him one day and he, he had a big blonde mullet and uh, and he said to me, uh, oh, mate, uh, what are you doing? You want to have a call, mate? There's a field of four greyhounds here and uh, how about you have a crack? And I thought, look, I've been wanting to be a race caller since the age of three or four, you know, riding a, a little uh, pony that my dad had made for me, a little uh, wooden pony, and uh, used to call the races uh, when I was such a young age and then... Uh, some talent quests. Of, uh, instead of da- dancing or singing, I'd be up at the back of the hall room with the binoculars on a stand calling off a videotape of the 1993 uh, AJTH back in the day with uh, Mahaya winning uh, many, many years ago. But I went to Goulburn and uh, he gave me a call and completely slaughtered it. The field of four, the brown rug well, won on that occasion. Uh, the name was Bowmore Dixie. I still remember it now. And, uh, yeah, Kelly Rourke, he gave me my first crack. I, I went with Tony Campbell a few times into the broadcast tower at the Goulburn Thoroughbreds. I managed to pick up a couple of the Goulburn uh, Melbourne Cup Day programs when I was 16 and 17 and uh, studying my uh, HSC on that occasion. So I didn't uh, really finish my English exam on uh, that particular year. But uh, we certainly got through some non-tabs, some Goulburn gallops and some greyhound racing at the uh, Goulburn and Nowra showgrounds and, of course, the Camden Show I called once for Mark McNamara when he was unable to work. So we caught some bull-eye trials with Mark McNamara many, many years ago, back in the mid-90s as well. And, of course, Mark now leading caller in Hong Kong. So it all started out many, many years ago, but it took a long while to uh, to be given the opportunity by Kevin Wolfe and Greyhound Racing New South Wales and, indeed, Sky Racing to be able to, to uh, trial and uh, do a, a demo. It was the Richmond uh, Oaks uh, many uh, a couple of years ago that uh, I recorded off the TV and uh, put that through to the powers that be. And uh, fortunately, I was uh, able to um, to have a tab program for the first time after about 25 years. Yeah, well, it's a, a pretty remarkable story. It's a, a very familiar story, I'm sure, that most race callers uh, would have, have that same sort of story, doing all that hard work when they were young and then just awaiting an opportunity and I guess that's the the advice for those that are young wanting to become a race caller is you just have to be very patient sometimes in like like you Russ have to be patient for a long long time but now you've got your opportunity and you, you've taken it with both hands and doing a, a remarkable job but the the thing that blew me away is I know a couple of weeks ago you posted on your social media that that unfortunately you're losing your hearing so you've only got two or three percent or something hearing left which to me blew me away i couldn't believe that uh it was that bad i I never knew that you had bad hearing so to be doing what you're doing and and achieving what you're achieving with with no hearing is pretty remarkable just tell us about the health issues that you have had to overcome well uh, back when i was 27 years of age uh the world came crashing down on me uh being a broadcaster you need your your ears on your head to, to be working, um, you know, pretty pretty much close to 100%. But um, unfortunately, I contracted the meningococcal B virus, uh, which put me into the Wollongong Hospital in three weeks in an induced coma and then on life support because my uh, temperature was just far too high into the, the 40s and they 
decided that uh, life support and that coma was the only way that I could possibly survive, and they gave me some life-saving uh, medication, uh, some antibiotics, some really strong antibiotics on that occasion. And uh, luckily, after three weeks, they turned the life... My mum had to turn life support off, and uh, I managed to wake up. But I woke up with, uh, as I mentioned to my mum, uh, after those three weeks, I woke up with Stadium Australia in my ear. I, I, all I could hear was this this crowd and this buzzing all in my, my right ear on, the ta- on that occasion and hardly any hearing on my left. And I asked mum, what was that all about? And she said, oh, I'm sorry, you've, you've got tinnitus. So I've had tinnitus ever since, 24-7 um, in my right ear, which is completely deaf, and profound deafness in my left ear, which, look, I, I'm coping with. Uh, the boys at Written Video are, are doing an outstanding job uh, getting all uh, the audio from Sky 1 and Sky 2 and uh, Sky Sports Radio all placed into the one ear for me, which is down to about the 4 or 5% mark. But it hasn't really deviated since the, the last three or four years since I last had it tested. So hopefully we can get through to, if I keep having me, uh, to retirement age with uh, just the uh, the 10% or to 5% left in that left ear and uh, go from there, hopefully. Yeah, well, I'm sure if you continue what you... Well, you're doing it at the moment, and, and that hearing stays uh, as it is, uh, as it stands, ideally, in an ideal scenario. We'll get a little better, but if it does stay the way it is and you keep doing what you're doing, uh, we'll have you for many more years to come. Well, good luck tomorrow night. My only advice is it's just another just another race, just at a different venue. I'm sure you'll do a terrific job, Russ, and, and all the best to you. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, thank you. Enjoy it tomorrow night. And, of course, I'm looking forward to your coverage of the Dapto Megastar. It should be a cracking race come Thursday night. Thanks for your time. No worries, Russ. Thank you. There's Russell Veach, who will get to call a, a boy who will dream tomorrow night his first meeting at Wentworth Park. And, and what a remarkable story as well, overcoming those health issues, almost dying, but surviving and now turning into a not only a great coordinator as his full-time job, but also a great race caller in the voice of Richmond. We'll head for a quick break. On the other side, we'll chat with Jason Adams around all the feature races throughout Victoria and Tasmania coming up this week. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to Going Greyhounds. Welcome back to Going Greyhounds. Our last guest this morning is the the Prince of Victorian Greyhound Racing, Jason Adams. Good morning to you, Patch. Good morning to you, Matty, the Prince. Turn it up. It's great to be back on your show, mates. And look, our game, it's one that never sleeps, is it? We've been through a really big period here in Victoria and still here and also around the country with plenty going on. So for the purists, there's, there's a lot to sink our teeth into. Yeah, absolutely. We'll kick it off the Silver Chief Group 1 age-restricted race, the Victoria Derby of Greyhound Racing, as they call it in Victoria. We saw the heats last Saturday at the Meadows, the final this week. Some brilliant performances. Samron Boy rejuvenate headline the heats last week. Yeah, that was superb. And look, when you look at the final on heat performances, they're the two that really stick out like sore thumbs. And look, there wasn't a lot between them, but obviously the way they achieved the time that they set was slightly different. I mean, they're both born in 2940s, that bracket, and... I've, I don't know, but I really doubt there's ever been a race meeting in the Meadows where there's been two greyhounds run that sort of time. So amazing by both. And I guess we knew Emron Boy was capable of that, but not so much rejuvenate, as good as he has been on the provincial circuits in provincial features. We, we didn't know what he was going to produce when he did come to the city, but 
he couldn't have been more impressive. He was fair to begin, but he sort of phase between the, the 20 metre mark and the 70 metre mark was just sensational. His back split was red hot. He could not have made a better city debut than what he did on Saturday night. Then Bramron Boy was a little bit tardy to begin, but he just got all that room set to settle where he needed to be, and that was on the fence in pursuit of the leader. And once he was there, it was, it was a game set match. So clearly for him, it's, it's a monkey on the back, isn't it, Matty? Because we've known for forever that he's a fast dog. He hasn't really been able to break through and get that big race win on the resume. So it's his opportunity. He hasn't had any more better than this. No, he, he, he certainly has not. And it's that, that age-old question. He might be might be super fast, but just with his, his racing pattern, it, will he find bad luck again? We know he's, he's found it a number of times. And if if they do what they did in their heats, it's, it's hard to see rejuvenate. Uh, being beaten because I don't think Amron Boy is going to be able to get the room back to his inside that uh, he got the other night. So it, it makes it a, a wonderful race. But rejuvenate his first time around a two-turn track to do what he did. I don't think he handled the initial part of the first corner uh, all that smoothly as well. So it was pretty scary what he was able to do with how powerful he was in the as well in the back end of the race. He might just be something very, very special. Yeah, indeed. You, you point out a, a really good fact in that he really did get off and I want to say a little green, but he certainly didn't handle that first turn as well as what you'd expect him to running that sort of time. So whether that's something he's going to do on a two-turn track or whether that's an experience thing that he may sharpen up and be better for that, that's a pretty scary proposition. So he does look to be the one to beat on paper, even though he isn't the favourite. I guess that comes with the, the profile and, and following Amron Boy does have. But given how comparable their over time, overall time was, you sort of got to look back at how they achieved that. And for Rejuvenate, it was in that early period of the race. So for him to be drawn inside of Amron Boy is a big thing. And it's been well documented. He's a fair unit. He's 38 kilos. So when you've got track position that sort of size with that sort of ability, uh, you're in the box seat. So I think we'll see him shorten. As the week goes on, as, as good as Emron Boy is, I think we'll see a, a lot less difference between these two in the market as we get the race day on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a, a heck of a race come Saturday night at the Meadows. Now, of course, you're the, the face of Sandown. We see heats of the, the laurels there on, on Thursday night. Some really good quality amongst those heats as well. They're good, and I'm really encouraged by the the depth and amount of, of nominations that we've got. I think it's probably usually a series where you'd expect somewhere around four heats, but this time around we've got uh, six heats where, of course, the, the winners and the, the two fastest runner-up will advance to the final. And Look, it's probably... I mean, we've been absolutely sport the choice with, uh, I guess, Melbourne Cup trillies and heats and Melbourne Cup nights. The, the depth of this sort of series doesn't jump off the page, but it's one that you look back on in 12 months' time and think... Geez, that was one hell of a series. So we've got some pretty significant names, or at least one in, in each of these heats, the likes of uh, Jackpot Joan in, in heat number one. She was good last week. And on a night on Thursday where we saw a lot of Laurels contenders really come to the fore and announce themselves as, as ones to keep an eye on through the series. And heat two, your hero Bale. We see her for the first time since she won the South Australian Oaks back in September. Heat number three, Baby JC, who probably a couple of months ago would have said she's a clear favourite for this series. But tell you what, I reckon her trainer, Bobby Douglas, would be pretty concerned about her at the moment. She looks to be going well. 
but she's missing the start. And that's clearly going to be a, a crucial uh, element to, to her going well through the series. It did a lot of racing, I think it was in New South Wales, Maddie in Guelph. Now, she jumped from box two in race number seven. Now, we haven't seen her for some time. She trialled here on Saturday morning at Sandown. She went a time of 5.05 and 1878, which is sharp, and suggests she's going to return in that same sort of manner that we saw her leaving, and that was with a really big performance behind Baby JC, I think, back in early October. So uh, a lot of key contenders here, and one other one I'll throw in the mix, Kelsey Bale. We know all about her. I mean, similar to sort of Amron Boyd, the Silver Chief, we know uh, a lot about them. They're established the stars of the sport uh, as it is. So um, she's one that is clearly a, a massive player in the Laurel Series on Thursday. Yeah, she's she certainly is. It's just what Kelsey Bale, I suppose, turns up. Is it, is it the one that's going to show speed and get a little tired later, or is it one that's going to sit off them and look like a machine late in the race? You just never know with her. But, yeah, a cracking uh, set of heats there for the Laurels. And, of course, down in Tasmania, we've got heats of the, the, the Group 1 down there, the Hobart 1000, and, again, some, some terrific heats down there in a wide-open series. Yeah, exactly right. And, look, without going through the, the fine-tooth comb of the series down there, just hearing about some of the names that are a part of it, and clearly one of the the big X-factor types is, is going to be Big Opal Rocks because in Victoria, he really put himself forward as one of the fastest greyhounds in the country. He's clearly got some uh, discrepancies between the years, how he didn't really apply himself on a, on a consistent basis. But you'd assume at a track like Hobart that's wide open, uh, we heard reports that he's trialled really well down there. So looking forward to what he can do. And then the likes of Fernando Mick, who was quite stiff to be beaten in the Melbourne Cup just a couple of weeks ago. So that's going to be a great series. It always is. And, of course, for an amount of prize money that this series hasn't seen uh, the Hobart 1000. So really good to see Taz Racing supporting the the great race, which is the Hobart 1000, which is, I think, Australia's oldest Group 1. So it deserves to be on the the top echelon of the the feature races around the country. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you can't hold it against Big Opal Rock, so I wouldn't have thought he'd be the first... uh, Unbelievable talent to have some problems between the years and, and lose his way a little bit. Yeah, no, nah, certainly. I mean, there's plenty we could sort of put on a list, isn't there, of the what could have been, but hopefully he can pick up a feature race because on his ability and for his connections, it'd be pretty frustrating uh, to see him not do that. So fingers crossed, given the format of the track, he can be let loose and, and show us what he's made of. Yeah, for sure. Well, Patch, it's going to be a big week at Sandown on, on Thursday, but then more importantly, the the Silver Chief this Saturday night at the Meadows and then the week after the Phoenix as well, which uh, I'm sure you're pumped for, particularly with She's a Pearl who, who trialled at the Meadows the other day and, and trialled quite nicely as well. I'm sure you're, you're really looking forward to that. So we'll chat this afternoon on the Catching Pen. Till then, uh, talk then, hey? No worries, buddy. Cheers, mate. There's Jace Adams, uh, the face of Sandown, chatting about the the features in Victoria and and also touching on the Hobart 1000 heats coming up this week. That wraps up Going Greyhounds this morning. Podcast will be up online this afternoon. Till then, take care and have a great week.